everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spidori's. My name is Bailey, and I am here with my great friend. Hi, Ann, your other co-host, and we're so excited to have you here for our wonderful episode today. So we are super excited today because we have a guest, and I know it's been a couple episodes since we've had somebody on. Um, and so this is one of my great friends, another speechy, and y'all know how much I love my speechies. So <laughs> Dallin, welcome to Spidori's, our podcast. We're so happy you're here. Um and Dallin and Hyann got a chance to kind of chat off air, so they already know each other, so we're not going to go into introductions. But um, Dallin, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah, I'm so excited to be here with y'all today. I am a speech-language pathologist, um, and I just love supporting individuals with communication and swallowing needs. So that's kind of where I'm at in my career. I love it. I love it. And guys, actually, so Dallin and I are currently working together in a district in Central Texas, and we just met last week to talk about big changes with feeding and swallowing and how we're supporting kiddos. So um, that is one of his many passions. But Dallin, you're also involved in so much, like evaluations. Dallin supports a lot of early childhood evaluation team Um like initiatives. And then also you're with ASHA, right? So I, I, I am a member of ASHA, but I have served in several leadership roles with Tisha. So that's the Texas Speech Language Tisha. Hearing Association. Um, and I previously was uh, the vice president of research and development. And so I got to support a lot of initiatives with um, that organization. And I catered a lot of the support that I provided uh, towards continuing education efforts for our speech language pathologists and audiologists. Now, um, I've already uh, rotated out of that position, but I still serve on the public school joint advisory committee. So this is a committee made up of Tisha members as well as TKs, um, and we kind of bring in topics or concerns that are impacting lots of our districts across the state of Texas to see what can we do about it? How can we support our professionals in the best way possible? So you can you tell me a little bit about like how long you've been doing speech? I mean, I know we talked about what you're doing currently, but how long have you been in the speech field? And has it only been public schools that you've been mainly focused on? Yeah, so um, I graduated in 2014 from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center with my master's in speech language pathology, but I knew I wanted to go into leadership roles. So as soon as I finished that master's degree, I started another program um, trying to get my uh, MBA. Um, oh, cool. So because of that, I piecemealed lots of different jobs together in order to get full-time salary. Um, Opportunities. So I've worked in public schools, home health, outpatient, acute care, um, almost every setting within the speech language pathology realm. So it's just been lots of part-time gigs. And now I'm very fortunate to be done with my education and I do get to serve in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome that you, so I'm assuming though that you like, I know that you've done like acute care and like home health and things like that. So what's your favorite field? I guess, when you're thinking about working. Yeah, so I would setting, say I my favorite settings would be acute care as well as school-based. So um, I, I feel like in these two different situations, it doesn't matter what your background is. You're going to get yeah. services. It's not going to be dependent 
specifically on insurance. Now, acute care does have its its situations where insurance does come into effect, but we're going to provide you the care that you need. So really taking that perspective, I, I feel like in school settings, it doesn't matter what your social economic status is. We're going yeah. to provide you the support that you need. So those are probably my two favorite. Also, this is just selfish. I, um, I love the settings where my schedule isn't dependent on another person. So in a school setting, if a student happens to be absent, then I can just modify and continue working yeah. in home health and outpatient. If, if a patient wasn't present, it completely just, just turn things upside down, impacted pay. So I like that in acute care, I'm in the hospital, you're in the hospital, I can go and take care of your needs. Same thing for the school setting. I get to work with students that are right there ready to go. Yeah. And it's more consistent, right? Like in in regards to like pay and yeah, absolutely. And it's really cool. It's really cool. Like working with Dallin because he does have all of this different experience from various settings to bring knowledge in. And then even still Dallin, I know regularly you'll be like, yeah, I picked up a couple shifts at the hospital. So like you're still going and, and working in, in those areas and, and supporting in that way, which is nice to at least keep up those skills and again, give you flexibility with your schedule. Yeah, uh, And I, I really try to keep up the, the span of our profession so that if anything ever happened, I, I do have the knowledge and skills to support in various situations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually really smart. <laughs> that's right. a really good skill set to have that's amazing so I kind of want to know like since you've been in so many different settings like do you have like a favorite story that you would share with our audience whether it be like funny I think Bailey earlier said like uplifting but is there a story that sticks out to you that you'll always remember sure yeah so Right out of grad school, I was working with the school district, and I had the pleasure of supporting the medically fragile classroom. And so I got to work with lots of individuals that had some fairly significant needs. And one of the students that I worked with had a trach. So she has a a tube in her neck that helps support her breathing. Um, And what that does is it changes our airflow. So she was not able to produce voice. Um, And I was able to work with her medical team to get... um, a speaking valve in order to be able to help her redirect the air appropriately to produce voice. And so the first time that we were successful with that, she was able to say her ABCs. And so it was just astounding. This was, this was a four-year-old that had never really been able to produce voice. And then whenever we were able to actually get it going, ABCs was one of the first things that she got to work on. So it was very oh educationally based and just, just, I'm kind of getting teary because we were able to make such a big impact for her. I love that. No, absolutely. And And then I'm sure the parents. Yeah. And the family for sure. How old would she be now? Oh goodness. So if that would have been, she'd be about 12, 13 years old now. My gosh. Look at that. And then what's so crazy is that was like right after grad school, you know, in the sense of like, wow, like one of your first kind of huge things and you just got out of school yeah very impactful and it was yeah we we immediately got permission to video so that we could send that to the family because it it was such a big moment for her now she could only wear wear that speaking valve for short bursts so it wasn't like we could do it all day every day and she could take it home but it it was starting that process to give her a voice so it was just super important to us 
Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about how you even got into speech. Like why that feel? Yeah. So um, I would say lots of things have led me to the field. One being my parents decided to do foster care and adoption whenever I was growing up. So I was exposed to so many different individuals from different backgrounds, and many of them did have um, some type of disability, um, learning disability or physical disability. And I got to see how my parents accommodated for that. And I think what that kind of instilled in me is this sense of altruism. I, I wanted to make sure that I went into a profession that was supportive and caring of individuals. So naturally, I think that the fields that would support that are education and healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom happens to be a speech language pathologist. So there was no way in the world that I was going to go to college for <laughs> speech language pathology, right? Um, I definitely I thought I was going to be, <laughs> I think I was going to be more going towards like medical school or something like that. But uh, whenever I did get to college, I started looking for volunteer opportunities and happened to pick up uh, some therapy support in a pediatric outpatient clinic. So I supported physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech language pathologists. And I guess I just didn't know what my mom did because I fell in love with it. I I just loved being able to support individuals that um, had difficulty with communication, that weren't able to advocate for themselves, that weren't able to get their needs met. I just found it very um, beneficial. And I, I felt like I was making a difference in the world just as a therapy aid. So I went ahead and started the undergrad program, went to grad school and became a speech language pathologist. I love that. Amazing. What I think is so funny is I talked to so many people who say, I was going to go to college for something related to like healthcare or medicine, even myself. Like I was going to be a dentist. I wanted to be a dentist and then got into it and was like, no, this sucks. I want to do something else. (laughs) Somehow got into education. (laughs) And so it always makes me laugh when people say like, yeah, I wanted to do something in healthcare. And then I kind of ended up in like, you know, this realm. But what I love about the services that you guys provide is it's kind of the perfect mix of both because you can do it in a healthcare um, setting and environment. You can also do it in an educational environment, but regardless, you're working on progress in education, you know? So I think that it's kind of like the sweet spot for people who want that. Yeah, I think that you think you're right. Um, I did shadow some physicians and it just wasn't for me. I I felt like we weren't able to see progress over time unless you were in situations where you're working with very, very sick individuals that you get to see regularly. Um, And I wanted to I wanted to see the impact that I was making. And I didn't think I was going to get that uh, as easily uh, working like as a physician. Um, now I don't get paid as much and that's okay, <laughs> but uh, I do feel like I am making a big impact on those that I work with. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to work as much. So I guess that's the icing on the cake. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we ain't, we ain't doing that. So no, that's awesome. Shout out to Dallin's husband who is great, works in tech. So y'all are, y'all are good. Y'all are okay. Yeah. yeah. I yeah mm-hmm. I have I have three master's degrees, <laughs> but he makes double the money that I make. So you know we we all have bring something to the table. He deserves yeah. every cent that he makes. I just feel like sometimes education is undervalued. I think that we do so much, and I wish our I, teachers and our other educators got paid that way. 
I'm sure it's a nationwide issue because we talked a lot about nationwide shortage of teachers and service providers. And so it's just, I don't know. I feel like that's always a topic of discussion is we have to appropriately pay for these people who are spending all of their time educating and working with kids. And so I don't know. I I always hope that it's going to be a big change. And then we go through like legislative sessions and stuff. And I'm like, oh, right. Well, here we are. It's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. we'll get there one day everybody it'll be fine it'll be fine no um, but I think like what's the biggest difference to it's like I I was talking to a friend who's also a speech pathologist here in Houston and she works mainly in the hospital setting and she also has this like we I remember one time she kind of like went on like a tangent and was like it's not fair we don't get paid you know enough and like we do all these things and her husband finally said to her like you know, like, you know, it was the profession that you chose versus me. He was like, but man, like, do you get like such reward from your job? Like, not, not to say that, like, they don't get reward from their jobs, but man, do they not have stories like a trait story that you just shared? And like, the stories of like personal connections with like families and stuff. And so I think that that's probably something that's rewarding for me. Of Like, course, money would be really nice to have um, and be paid for like, the work that we do because it's really life-changing like truly 1000% life-changing um but they don't get that part I guess I had someone explain it to me once um of like the work not and this sounds so terrible because I think everyone's work is very valuable and we need yeah. every like all as a society we need everyone's different roles but I think the way that this person explained it was like the work that I do is basically like to ensure that this big corporation or these big people make as much money as possible and keep that money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to pay me really well to do that. And then he was like, but the work that you're doing, you get to, like you said, high end, like see progress and work with people and have like deeper connections. And so I think it also though, and I mean, we could go on like a tangent soapbox, but it does talk about like as a society, what are the things that we value? And right now we just have certain values and eventually hopefully um we'll see a big shift in that that's what I always cross my fingers for yeah and I guess it still doesn't even change like me like me knowing that I guess like that the values are should not be where it is it still doesn't like make me like want to not do it you Mm -hmm. know like how messed up it is but like you know like I still want to do the work because the work is so valuable and yeah but let's get off the soapbox because I do have a question for you Dallin Uh, what advice would you give to like a student that just got out of grad school for speech Hmm. let's see I would say take advantage of your opportunities so I out of necessity I went through and piecemealed different jobs together to get what I needed um but that also exposed me to just so many different opportunities that I could, I was able to find what I actually really enjoyed. So I would definitely say take advantage of your opportunities, maybe not during your clinical fellow year, um, which is typically the first year out of grad school, because that is challenging, uh, like juggling multiple supervisors and the time. But after that, like definitely take advantage of just different side gigs to see if, oh, maybe that's what's right for me rather than what you're in. It also will make you more well well-rounded professional because you'll understand the different regulations and requirements and stipulations and uh, it'll challenge you to implement evidence-based practice in a different situation and see 
ways that you're able to make those positive impacts. I love that. And then another question is what Dallin is your next big goal or what is the next thing that you foresee yourself doing in like as a speech year in the role you're in or even transitioning to new roles? What is your next goal? So I would say that I've always been leadership minded. I want to make the most positive impact in the world as I can. And I think that I do that through leading others and supporting from empathy, um, just those that I can in the profession. That's why I volunteer with Tisha. That's why I've tried to support in leadership roles. But I will say that my next goal I would venture is really about my homework life balance. I know that we had kind of touched on that prior to starting our conversation today. I do feel like I just jump so much into work that sometimes it can be the, to the detriment of my family. And so I want to be able to take a step back and really support my kiddos. I have three toddlers at home and yeah. <laughs> I would say that the world of speech language pathology really has equipped me to support them educationally. And I want to be able to take the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, for listeners, um, huge thing about Dallin is like he said, he has three toddlers at home, three under four, right? Or yeah, we, have, three? We, have, we have four, three, three. They're all within what? 10 months of each other and we're tired. What? <laughs> yes. He adopted. Yeah. Three, um, four, three, three, uh, kiddos. And, but you got them when they were babies. Like you guys adopted them we we were at the hospital when all three of them were born. <gasps> oh my yeah. gosh, that's so special. Well, I was, I'm I'm assuming, I don't know, that three are they twins? No, so okay. they, they're they're all one is seven the oldest is seven months older than the second, and the second is three months older than the third. Oh and so my gosh. We planned that's for amazing. one and it, <laughs> we got like, three. <laughs> we, there you go. I, after our first child was born, we posted it on Facebook and then we're contacted by another birth mother saying, hey, do you want to adopt my child? And we're like, no, we, we just did one. <laughs> but we met with her, loved her, and then we agreed. And so uh, baby number two was born seven months later. And then a couple months after that, the birth mother for our first child contacted us again and was just like, hey, I'm expecting again. Do you know anybody that wants to adopt? And we were oh. like, yeah, we know, we know a ton of people. We'll, we'll try to get you connected. And she was, she said, well, I'm due in five weeks. And so uh, to get everything prepped and ready to go and have your home studies and whatnot, it, it takes longer than five weeks. So, so we agreed to take on baby number three and haven't looked back since, of course. Yeah. So they've come to our city a couple of times and we got to have lunch with them once um, every time I talk to Dallin after work, he's typically picking them up from school. And so Aww. they're in the back and they're like, hi, and they're just so cute. Oh my <laughs> so, God. But it is a lot. Like you guys have so much going on. Uh, that's a ton. So yeah. Dallin, this I, is I would just... say we're, we're very, very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you also for doing that too. It's like such a journey. Mm-hmm. for adoption is what I hear and so oh my uh, gosh wait Dallin can you tell her the story because this is my favorite thing ever of how you guys ended up getting enough money to do the first adoption oh oh yeah this, this is, the this funniest is totally thing not 
Tell me. It's not just... related to anything, and we can cut it out of the episode, but I feel like- <laughs> No, it's a story. It's a story. It's, it's a so special good. story. Okay, so tell funny. me. It... <laughs> okay, so we anticipated adopting at some point, um, but it, it can be really pricey. Uh, we had gone to Las Vegas for, uh, a, I think, a, a, it was a training trip for my husband. And so um, he likes to gamble. I mean, he doesn't do it excessively or anything like that, yeah. but he really likes to gamble. And, and so um, the night before we were supposed to leave, I had an earlier flight than he did. So I went ahead and went back to the hotel room and went to bed. And then he started playing craps and war and all these table games that I probably would never be brave enough to go and venture and spend my money on, but he started uh -huh. doing it. And so he comes back to the hotel room at like four or five in the morning and is super loud and wakes me up. And so I'm kind of in a grumpy mood because I'm not a morning person at all. And yeah. he is telling me that he, he won $26,000. <laughs> and I was like, stop lying. Quit being rude. I, <laughs> I have to get up in like an hour to go get on my flight. And he's like, no, I'm being for real. And whenever I wake up in the morning, I'm going to go and do double or nothing. And I was like, please don't. Like, yeah. If you're for real, if we, if you literally just won that amount of money, please don't. Because we are trying to adopt a child and it's very, very but, pricey. So yes. think of our, think of our future child. And so yeah. um, he did not go bet double or nothing. Good, and good. That's, that's how we Incredible. were able to fund oh my our gosh. first adoption. That is so cool. I know. So special. It was like meant to be. I like to be story. able to do that. You're like, don't be rude. I have to wake <laughs> up in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Don't yeah. be rude. If he's waking me up at four, he's set a standard now. If he ever tries to wake me up at four o'clock in the morning, he better have won twenty six thousand. I mean, thousand percent. Yeah, I don't blame you. Do not wake me up unless you you tell me that. But I do have a like a random question, and then I want to play the like random word thing. But since you are um, a speechy, has like when you're when you're raising your kids, like does that brain never shut off for you? Like when you're watching like their milestones and stuff. Yeah, I would say very early on, I was, I had very big speech brain with my kids and I was like monitoring and how many words do they have and wh what productions are they making? Um, it's now leveled off a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm not as intense. Like I think having three kind of made me more relaxed. Um, okay. If I just had one, I'd probably be helicopter dad significantly, but having yeah. three, I've got to <laughs> take time for myself too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it does. I get to see their development, and uh, our our third son does not always have clear productions, and so my husband's like so worried that we need to put him in speech therapy. But it's all developmentally appropriate. We don't need to go get him evaluated at this time. We might need to monitor it, of course. But yeah, that that brain doesn't turn off. I think it's just educator brain too. Like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have another good friend. I have a lot of speechy friends. I'm realizing this. All of my friends are speechies. Um, and I, but there's a correlation between deaf and hard of hearing and speech services. So it makes I was sense. just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, another one of my friends who has a two-year-old, she, um, yeah, it's so funny because she like tracks all of the words that she has and everything. And, but now she's pregnant with her second. And I have seen kind of the same thing you were saying, Dylan, that kind of dies off a little bit because she's like 
this second pregnancy is just too much. Um, so yeah, I think it's just educator mindset of like, I'm going to, I'm like, you know, and you know, what's developmentally appropriate and what's not. And so kind of looking at, you know, tracking that and also making sure that you're keeping your significant other in check when they're freaking out. I can admit that I have practiced some of the tests on my kids to see kind of where, where they're at. I will no. say, I don't have children um, and I'm not married, but I do have six nieces and nephews from one brother and then a niece from another brother. And I am constantly like, have you considered getting this child evaluated for dyslexia? Have yeah. you considered? <laughs> and they're just like, Bailey, please stop. I'm like, no, but really we should yes. consider this. <laughs> Let's look into it, please. Well, I actually, I did the same thing as you, Dal, and I have two nieces. And when my first niece was born, like, I literally, like, took the PLS 5 and I would, like, low-key, like, ask questions while we were, like, playing and things. And I'm like, okay, she's good. Like, <laughs> I also say that as, I, as I've been in the profession, I feel much more confident. Like, I, yeah. I don't necessarily need to go and sit down and formally do a test with my kids yes. now. I, mm -hmm. With the first one, it, it felt more important because... I, it was my own kid. I needed to know. And, and then I was, after that, it's been like, oh, I, I know what's going on. Yeah. I feel yeah. Yeah. And like, you'll know, like when the time is right, if anything needs to be done kind of situation. And that's yeah. also like parental yeah. instincts, right? Yeah. I wouldn't know, darling, because I don't have kids. We only have dogs, uh, Bailey and I. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, there's so much like parenting tips and stuff out there. I don't want to act like I'm an expert at all. What I will say is I think being in the education system has been super beneficial because mm -hmm. uh, I know what questions to ask. I know if something's not followed correctly so that I can more successfully advocate for individuals. Like I, I know the world and I think that I do benefit from that so that um, my kids will hopefully benefit from it, which is, I, I think that in the special education realm, what some districts do great at and some need some improvement in is their connection with parents and making sure that they know the process, know their rights. And um, I feel very fortunate just having that background. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Do you guys want to play rapid fire? Yes. Okay. So yes, let's do it. <laughs> we picked eight words that we're just going to say the word, and then you tell us the first word that comes to your mind related to it it can be anything it can be about work it can be about home it can be about life like it doesn't have to be related to um special education or education or speech or anything but um yeah okay right, let's are you do ready it. your first word is slp talking <laughs> i don't i don't know if i was ready for this <laughs> talking yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you ready evaluation testing Oh, okay. What about coffee? Juice. <laughs> like juice for life. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say Bailey because I'm constantly at Starbucks <laughs> messaging him. Like, Dallin, I'm getting Starbucks. He's the juice yeah, of my life. Okay. Parents. Important. Children. Loving. An advocate. Beneficial. Gen Z. Pass. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I want to. I don't want to put a word to that. 
for all okay, of our Gen Z listeners. We love you guys. But <laughs> we love you, Gen Z. Definitely different uh, generation. I didn't, I I didn't want that. to put a positive or negative emotion or word to it. So I just want to I love it. On. We're going to pass. pass. Okay. Like we pass on their TikToks. We're good. Okay. Office. <laughs> office. Um, yeah. Home. I get to work from home. So my office is yeah. my home. Okay. Texas. Ooh, I'm gonna say independent. Ooh, that's a good one. Actually, <laughs> literally. Okay, and then um, the last one that I have for you is president. I'm just gonna say Biden. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. That was good. Yeah, I just love the very first one. Talking. <laughs> yes. Well, and some of your answers I didn't expect because you know, having worked with you, I'm like, oh, this is what I think he would say. Um, like even for evaluation, you said testing and I thought you'd say timelines or like yeah. compliance or something along those lines. So it's fun. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I don't know if I do good under pressure. I I was you did overanalyzing great. and uh, yeah, it was fun, <laughs> but I was like, it's just whatever pops in your head. So it was perfect. And we loved it. Great. Great. Like the yeah, whole no, talking naturally thing. That's been great. And then putting, being put under that pressure, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. My brain's not really working now. Yes. And I will say I, y'all, so again, some backstory, when I was telling Dallin about this and asking him to come on, um, he was like, what is this like this? You're going to do what? And I was like, it's not an interview. We're just going to chat and have a conversation. And then we're like, just kidding. Rapid fire words. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he was like, what is going on? But now you did really good. You did not tell me about this part. And I really didn't. Yeah, sorry, that was like spur of the moment. I was like, I kind of want to play a game with them, give them some random things. So no, that worked out great. Well, we're so grateful that you came on the show, or the podcast with us and to talk and share your story and humor us with our little game. Thank you for inviting me. I I feel like it was a very worthwhile conversation. It really was. Absolutely. Bring you back for a, a recap. Maybe we can get multiple people on and it can just be a rapid fire game show something i don't know <laughs> i wouldn't even know I, how that would I, go but that would be hilarious we need some type of prize if we're if we got some type of prize i'm totally in there you I go twenty six thousand dollars he will show up at 4 a.m yeah and yes. absolutely <laughs> and we will let's play figure out how to get that with our educator salaries <laughs> you guys <laughs> i don't think it's possible um, just I guess we're gonna have to take a trip to Las Vegas and go yes. gambling. That that's our, our one chance to get that. Fedori's <laughs> in Vegas. Let's go. <laughs> that is the goal. I love that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, Dallin, thank you so much. I loved having you on today, and I'm so happy you and Hyann finally got to meet because I talk about yes. both of you a lot to each other. My favorite species. Yeah. Thank you so much. It. We hope you'll come back. Of course. Absolutely. You'll have an awesome day. You, you too. too. Bye, Dylan. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We had a wonderful time chatting with you. As always, please subscribe. You can subscribe anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And then if you have a question, comment, or story that you'd like to share, please email us at spadoris at gmail.com. That is S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.